What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my very good friend, the Beanie Boy himself, Headphone Joe, Joe Dorbo. What's going on, good man? What's up? We also are joined by our producer, L. Greg. Greg, say hello to the people. What's up, everybody? This is Payphone Greg. Payphone Greg. (laughs) That is very funny. If I if it's about what I think it's about, I don't it can't be what I think it's about. I'm not going to say. It. I'm totally lost. Anyway, welcome <laughs> into the program, everybody. If you are new to the show, give you a little bit of a rundown. We are going to talk sports. Joe and I are going to break down the NBA, we NFL, NHL, and the um, March Madness, at, which is going on right now. Let's go in the uh, kickoff. Then we're going to do the quick hits, which is a series of questions. That uh, L. Greg uh, has for Joe and myself, or Joe and I have for each other. After that, we will go into normally we would go into the walk off, which is a short essay portion, but we've got a lot going on in the top of the show. So we're going to forego the walk offs this week and get right into the press conference. But we're going to start out the same way we do every week with the main topics in all major sports. Greg! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. I see what you do there. I see what what you do there. I stumble because I say kickoff. You said nothing and just let him hit it so you wouldn't stumble. You Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. (laughs) I just have Greg take it away. Joe, we're going to start with the NBA this week. My man. The man. The myth. The legend. Your MVP in the National Basketball Association. (laughs) Not my MVP. Joel Embiid is back, baby. Embiid is back. Brennan, are you happy to have him back? I am so happy. Did you see the game against the Timberwolves? Yes. uh, I believe he had, what, 24 in his return? Uh, Yes. Uh, More importantly, he got into it with Carl Anthony Towns. I was going to say, I mean, the Timberwolves are a patty cake team. Um, Get the baker's dough and uh, put them on the stove. Uh, Look at Jimmy Butler. He told them to kick rocks, went, beat them in a play a pickup game with the uh, third stringers and he was like get me the fuck out of here so I'm not shocked that Cat is going to get punked by Joel Embiid and them boys but um, I mean that was a that was a good first game to come back to yeah definitely it was um, so uh, I was I was just really curious because normally when guys return from an injury they're a little hesitant you know what I mean? Like how they're going to yeah. play and everything like that. And the, the 76ers, I mean, they beat them, but it wasn't it wasn't a housing of any sorts. They won by nine. There was from the, the uh, stat line. There's not a whole lot of defense in this game. 113 to 122. In fact, you're going to let the Timberwolves put 20, uh, 113 on you. It says says it says something it's a lot about your defense. Yeah, it says something way, right George there. Hill still has not played a minute, I believe. So God, the point I, of that shirt. <laughs> cannot believe that Joel Embiid though eight rebounds um, and Carl Anthony Towns had 14 I just what I really wanted to focus on was the fact that Joel Embiid looked really good coming off that injury looked like he wasn't afraid got like I said got into a couple of it was four or five hard fouls uh, especially down low in the paint looked good looked like I thought they were going to fight but <laughs> they don't fight anymore Kat's, yeah Cat's not that kind of guy anyway since the malice in the palace they no fights are allowed no um, very frowned upon very frowned upon. Uh, but if you're a hockey player, you could throw your helmet at somebody and get 5K fine. Unbelievable. That's it. That's uh, crazy to me. <laughs> I'm still outraged that that's the max fine. It's insane. But anyway, uh, I'm just shocked that, I mean, I thought uh, that once Embiid went out, the Sixers would dip a bit. Somehow they've managed to stay at the top of the East in the number one seed. Um, They're not tied with the Nets, but Brennan, you got to be scared because Durant is expected to come back tomorrow. Um, yeah. So on, I know you wrote that in the rundown, but on that point, I don't trust that. Um, I mean, I know Kyrie's on another hiatus, James Harden, God knows what's going on with that. Uh, but uh, I think Kevin blast the Nets. <laughs> huh? I love how you just blast the Nets. No, I think the Nets are an awesome team, especially, you know, they got some pieces at the deadline and stuff. I think they're going to be a great team. They are a great team. But the problem that I have with the Nets is something that you and I have talked about at least two or three different podcasts. They need to have all their pieces together at the same time and working, cohabitating together. 
They've. I think yeah, it was some stat the, like for the playoffs. I believe that's necessary. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is like okay. all it takes. All it takes is Kyrie to have one of his episodes. We don't know what they're about, so I'm not going to judge that. But <laughs> he has one of his episodes, and he leaves the team in round one. Uh, He's not going to do it in the playoffs. Come Durant, on. Durant tweaks an ankle. All of a sudden, the Knicks, Knicks, Nets, Knicks up 3 1 <laughs> in the series. Then we got a game, baby. The hypotheticals are abound in Brennan's head right now. Jeez, they are Jesus. because this is a very hypothetical uh, kind of uh, team. It, I mean, what am I trying to say? This is a very, this is a team where you can come this up with very, a lot of different. Uh, Different this is a chaotic team. Thank you, of, because uh, it's incredibly chaotic. There's, there's constantly no, a fluid situation. It's always, yeah, it's always in motion. So I, I know you wrote Durant is coming back, but I need Durant to play at least three or four games before I'm like, okay, he's back. I, there's no question he's the probably the best, if not the top three player yeah. in the entire NBA. The problem is. He's a big dude, and he already had some injuries with his lower body. And now you get around that hamstring Achilles Achilles area. It's that that makes me nervous. Anywhere calf, hamstring, Achilles, that all leads to that main tendon down there, and that's that's nerve wracking for a seven foot guy. He came back uh, when he started the season off. I mean, that was one of the uh, questions that was, everybody had because he took a year off, basically, effectively, um, and he looked. I mean, honestly, if he wouldn't have missed a game, he'd be front runner for MVP because he was averaging upwards of 30 points a game. Yeah, um, he looked I mean, amazing. Most of that before Harden got there. But once Harden got there, Harden looked comfortable with passing the ball. So um, it's going to be interesting to see them fully gelled. Uh, yes, they obviously need some time to work out some of the work hazard kinks in the offense and whatnot and see how they're going to stack up defensively. But uh I think, look, I don't trust the Sixers. You know that because no, they do. don't have people that can go get their own shot. And the Nets have eight of them at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even though Blake Griffin is in a diminished, diminished, diminished state and LaMarcus Aldridge is also in a diminished state. One, they always say in the playoff, your bench is going to give you at least one or two games. Well, they have two guys on their bench that can give them one or two games at any moment. At yeah, the drop of a hat. So. And it's not one of those things either where it's like, oh, my God, where did this guy come from sort of thing? Like, these are proven commodities. And like exactly. you said, they are a little older now, a little bit diminished, but they're still household names in the NBA. So they're not... Hassle. I wouldn't be shocked if in the playoffs it's like Blake Griffin going off. You know, yeah, like that wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be shocked if Blake and Lamarcus have a game where they go for 20 plus a piece. Yeah. Yeah. Like, each getting like 10 to 15 rebounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, just going oh, nuts. He's turning back the clock. Like, yeah. Well, he's heating up. Speaking of heating up. Ooh. Uh, as predicted here on this podcast by me as- and... Kind of by you, but mostly and, by me. Well, and Joe, come on, trying to take all no. the credit here. As yes, I was as predicted <laughs> by us here on Cheers from the Press Box. The Heat, who have lost, who lost six in a row, have now won their last four after the trade deadline, getting some of those pieces to gel together. Joe, what do you got to say about the Heat? Um, I think the Heat are right where we thought they'd be. Um, like you said, me, you said last week that. Uh, getting this new influx of talent between Ariza, uh, Oladipo, who has not played well, um, and a couple other key guys. Uh, I don't remember any of them. Oh, Bielitsa. I can't remember yeah. the fourth guy. Who was the fourth guy to come back to them? I don't remember. Anyway, uh, I thought those guys would uh, end up contributing a lot to this team. Uh, Ariza's been in the starting lineup, which has shocked me. Um Jimmy Butler seems to be back healthy. Goron is healthy and playing again. Tyler Hero's gotten better. Duncan Robinson still seems to be in a bit of a funk. But um, all in all, the team is clicking defensively. Two of the four games they won, they held the other team to under 100 points. So that was uh, eye-opening for me. That's what I'd say. Yeah, I'm really excited that some of these players are starting to gel. Um, Like you said, the defense is coming back. And we knew, we were talking about it before, and I know you have mentioned it several times, but like the hero Robinson Butler, all that kind of stuff, we knew that was gonna that was gonna click. It was gonna be up and down. It was gonna be obvious that they were gonna be up and down. But um, I'm really excited for how they're looking, and I think they're kind of a sleeper going into this. Everyone's talking about the 76ers, and they're talking about the Nets, 
And I'm always talking about the Celtics, but I think we were the just talking gonna, about the 76ers and the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's going to be one of those things where uh, they are going to get into the playoffs and then it's going to be like, a, oh, goodness, what has happened? Like, yeah. we completely overlooked them. Yeah. Hang on. Um, oh, go ahead. I still don't think that. Um, I mean, I'm the, I'm also the same guy that didn't think they'd make it to the finals last year. Uh, I think some of the other teams, especially at the top, just have better players. Uh, and the way their three-point shooting has regressed, that was one of the things that carried them in that playoff run last year. And it re- has regressed so much, and it doesn't appear to be bouncing back anytime soon. Um, so I think they're going to have fits with especially a Brooklyn or a Milwaukee. So, yeah, uh, I commend them. They're a great organization. They do a lot with a little, but I think last year was a flash in a pan, and they're they're going to be turning their heads to free agency and showing teams like showing players like, hey, look what we did with little. Come here, and we could do a lot with you. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely going to make it. I think they're going to make some noise in the playoffs for sure. Look, you know who needs to make some noise? Uh, me about. Exactly. You need to make some noise about the Utah Jazz, Brendan. You have been shitting on the Jazz all year long. They're peaking too early, even though the Sixers have been number one the entire year, effectively. Hey, the Sixers. The Jazz have a better record than the Sixers. The Jazz have won their last nine straight. This is after having, I want to say, like an 11-game winning streak earlier this season. So this is not even their longest winning streak of the season. Brendan, can you give the Utah Jazz, who... Utah, you don't deserve them. Can you give the Utah Jazz some modicum of credit? Yes. Yeah, so I was wrong about this. Um, the Jazz have been on fire, mainly on beating fire. my uh, Orlando Magic. That was the last win that they had, the last game that they played. By destroyed um, them. Yeah, that that was kind of embarrassing. And that wasn't even the worst. That, the funny thing, that wasn't even the worst result that night. I think the Warriors got beat by like fifty three that same night. Oh wow! Yeah, they beat them by forty six points. Utah's playing out of their mind. Um, like you said, they're on a nine game winning streak. That's not even the longest winning streak of the season. Um, I'm shocked. I'm shocked because when this season started and they were playing well, I said I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to be the superstar we all hope he could be. I said, he's been in the league now for five years. He's not, he's a great player. He's an all-star, but he's not the transformative player that you would want for being taken so high for the Utah Jazz. Uh, they had Mike Connolly, and we all saw what he did in Memphis. And then Rudy Gobert has been a fantastic defensive player most of the season. But it's, again, one of those things where it's like, can they really put it all together? And they have. They have. I was wrong. They're playing out of their mind. They've got four or five guys on this team. They run a lot of pick and roll, high screen. They've got four or five guys on this team that can all do that very, very well instead of yeah. just having one or two guys. Um, so I, I, I and they got a, a monster off the bench. Jordan Clarkson, who's on my fantasy yeah. team, you well know it, uh, provides a lot of scoring off the bench. Um, something that he did when he was in LA early on in his career. Something he. Uh, one of the reasons LeBron went, ended up getting him over to the Cavs later in that run. And then uh, now he's doing that for Utah. He scores in bunches and has had, a, I want to say, at least a 40-point game, if not 30-plus. Uh, yeah, the Utah Jazz, they have a complete team. Now, I still don't think this is going to bode well for them in the playoffs because I think other teams have better players, um, but they are a complete team. Uh, so, yeah. It, Can I, I tell you something that might sh- shock you? Oh, I don't know if you know this or not. Mike Connolly makes $34.5 million. Oh, that doesn't shock me at all. At one point, he was the highest paid player in the NBA, buddy. That's I know, but that's so <laughs> much. Well, he got being... traded from Memphis. Memphis signed him to that big deal that made him the best, the highest paid player ever, which I thought was a travesty when that happened. I want to say that was like yeah. 2013, 2014. I was still in college. I remember when that happened. Um, and yeah, so his contract got traded over to Utah. So yeah, yeah, because Donovan Mitchell only makes five million a year, and he's supposed well, to be the centerpiece signed, of their offense. He, he just re up, so his next contract kicks in next year. Oh, okay. So he's fine. Don't worry about him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too worried <laughs> about these guys. But yeah, you were right. I was wrong. The Jazz are playing out of their right. mind. They've got plenty of players on the team that can all work off of each other, like you said. But and some of the guys coming off the bench, especially Clarkson, like that's that's a really good team. 
By the way, the Nuggets haven't lost since acquiring Aaron Gordon. They are going to They are going to have to uh look out for the injury bug. Speaking of injuries. Oh, Brennan's on a tear, folks. Hayward, Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Your goes guy. down. What why? Cuz he's white. Your boy. <laughs> Your boy. I knew you were going to say that. Gordon Hayward goes down. Mm. For the, the Hornets haven't affected the Hornets already losing LaMelo Ball. Now they've lost Gordon Hayward. They're they're out four the weeks after they went out for foot. Uh, in this offseason. So. Oh, fun fact. Went out against his old original team, the Indiana yeah. Pacers. Yeah. And you know who his old, old original team is? Utah Jazz. Mm. Yeah. Did you say the Indiana Pacers? No, I said the Utah Jazz. I think you said the Indiana Pacers. It was I the, did. Damn it. I, think I screwed it, was, it up. <laughs> I was, and I think you it was the Celtics. That. Full disclosure, everyone. I just got off a very long shift from work. I was half <laughs> I was half researching while I was talking about this. Gordon Hayward, I am very aware, played for the Utah Jazz, not the Indiana Pacers. Now he's from Indiana because he went he's to Butler. from Indiana. <laughs> yes. yes. That's what he, I meant because there was talk about when he was playing with Brad Stevens and the Indiana connection and all that. That's why I got yeah. confused. Okay. okay. There you Sorry. Go. I was close Getting enough. You back on the trail. God. <laughs> I got to stop doing that where I'm like looking up another topic while we're talking about a topic. And then I try and like throw something in real quick. Okay. Gordon Hayward's yeah, down. Um, what do you Hayward what's... going down? I think this affects the East immensely because somehow, even after the LaMelo ball injury, like we just said, uh, the Celtics, the Celtics, Jesus, now I'm doing it. The Hornets were able to still stay in the top eight. Um, and this year, 10 teams get in with the last two teams doing a playoff. I don't remember how that goes. Seven, but, um, 10, 8, 9 off ten, of the okay. spot. Is it just one game playoff? Or is uh, it like no, this, it's, the losing team has to win two, the winning team has to win one? Yeah, so it's... it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a how round robin. the bubble, basically? Yeah, yeah. Same thing, same okay. thing. Um, so, yeah. So, I think the Hornets... Look, the Hornets are in the sixth spot, and they're only two and a half games out of the nine spot. They can fall all the way down to nine, maybe ten, and potentially see their way out. Um, well, you so, say yeah. fall all the way down. That's two games. <laughs> I mean, look. That's, that's not a, a long, long fall. That's a long fall. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I can see Toronto uh, getting their way in, Charlotte getting their way out. Um, but I don't think our long-term prediction of the Wizards getting in is going to happen. Uh, they it don't will. seem to be. It it's not happening. It's not happening. They got to do too much. I'm going to double down on it. Just like I was right about the Utah Jazz, I'm going to be right about this. Oh, right about the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I, I, tell you. I still might be right about them. I'm uh, probably They're wrong. They're going to be number one when the season ends, Brennan. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's gonna speaking have a big, on things that would probably be in. wrong. What what happened? Next topic. Dun 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 <laughs> da dun da dun. We're gonna get sued for this. <laughs> We're talking NFL. I don't even need to look at my notes for this one, ladies and gentlemen. I can pull the mic out of the mic stand. Oh, Mike's out of the mic stand. Joe, Brennan. moving to a 17-game season. We all knew this was coming. Finally voted on. Finally approved. Finally going through. Finally. What do you think about this? I'm confused. You're finally in an in a enthusiastic context i want to get your opinion first before i go into mine i think this is terrible i think this is detrimental to the health of the league the average nfl player's career already spans less than three years and after three years is when they get pension this only shortens that lifespan for the middle america player if lack for a better term the the the, 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 the middle, middle class. class thank you the middle class of the nfl um I think this is I think this is horrible. Um, it also ruins the the balance of the whole schedule. Like the the beauty of the NFL schedule is you're getting eight games at home. You're getting eight games away. Now you have a mismatch number. So that's thrown off. Uh, so I don't understand the point of this, obviously, is to make money. That's the only reason. And this is obviously why we saw that big contract come down with all the TV partners uh, a week or so ago. We never got the money from it, but we know you're not getting fucking pennies for the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I, I hate this. I hate it. 
That's an interesting take that you you you've stood there. That's an interesting hill to die on there, Joe. Because I completely agree with you. <laughs> We're the same person. Everybody knows that. I can 100% agree. I'm very disappointed. Uh, I mean, we all knew it was coming. It's all about money. That's all anybody cares about. Even the players, to a certain extent, they um, a lot of times in the collective bargaining take deals that benefit players now, even though it might affect or hurt players in the long term, because nobody wants to make that sacrifice when you're talking about your livelihood. Nobody wants to be the one to go first and say, you know what? We'll sit out a season. We'll lose those game checks. Because like you said, the life expectancy of an NFL player, not mortality rate, but as far as their career is, I think, uh, 2.75 years. So it's one of those things where it's a money grab. Uh, I really think I haven't looked at sat down and looked at the CBA, but I really think they need to include things like you're saying needs to alter the pension program. This needs to alter the healthcare pro. This needs to alter everything. Cause you're adding an extra game to a season. Yeah, exactly. That's I think that really should take into account a lot of those things. The other thing it's disappointing, just um, like I've talked about in previous walk-offs and you and I have talked about ad nauseum. It's, it's disappointing uh, because they've, tactfully try to take this route of safety and then do things like this. Yeah. And it's not, you know, as someone who, you know, feels for a lot of these players and the, the mental health stuff that they go through and all the physical health stuff that they go through, not just during the season, but after the season, this is a whole, I heard a statistic one time that it was saying that like a, a starting running back, a number one running back, when he gets done with the game, it's he has worse physical conditions than people who are in like pretty serious car accidents, and that's yeah. every single week. And now you're just adding that on. Um, I know the head trauma for offensive linemen and defensive linemen just always hitting each other. Adding a whole other game is different than a preseason game. You play in a real game. There's a lot more intensity. You're playing full you're board. You're playing at 100. You're not playing. Always. At, and it's and not you're like you're in there for 60. 80%, six, that's yeah. what I say. You're playing 80% of the snaps. 90% so, of the snaps in some cases. As a fan, um, I'm, I'm happy about it because I love to watch football. But as a former player and just someone who loves sports, I'm concerned. I'm concerned and disappointed, quite frankly. So that's my take. Look at us having the same say, take. As a, as a fan, I'm actually not enthusiastic at all. Um, there was at one point as a fan of the NFL, I thought I may stop watching altogether. Um, it became such an issue for me. I, I want to say around the 2015, 16 season. Um, I don't remember what exactly was going on. It may have been a rash of injuries for reasons I can't remember right now, but I was like, man, is this, is it worth watching these people just give up their bodies? It, it became a, a perversion of some sorts to watch. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm staunchly against this and it's not the f uh, players association per se. It's the head, the leadership of the players yeah, association. They're 100%. not doing enough to inform their players fully. Um, well, and it's like we, I know you, I know you saw it too when they did the, when they voted for the CBA, yeah. like the quick turnaround and stuff, there were guys who didn't vote. There was guys who didn't read anything. Well, <laughs> to just not vote. It's like, are you, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Like that's it's their livelihood. At and that's stake. what bothers me too, is cause I've been in the room with guys and you have too. just at like people who have gone on to become like bigger athletes and just that mentality of like, yeah, man, just tell me what to sign and I'll sign or yeah, I'll, like I'll get to it. And so like, I'm just here to play like that yeah. mentality. It It's so damning for the longevity say, of the league. But that's, that's, the only reason that the NFL can sustain because uh, the players, like we hear it all the time. I'm pretty sure you've heard it with players you've played with. It's like, oh, even knowing everything that comes with it, I'll still do it again. I wouldn't trade it forever. Yeah, I feel I that say, They have such a one-track mind, and that's why they're so good at this one thing that they do that they don't see the long-term uh, effects that it's going to have down the line yeah. um, and how it's going to affect them and the other players around them. So I understand what you're saying, but and I completely agree with you, but what I'm saying is there's a difference between I'm just here to play football. Like I just want to get out on the field and play and knowing your responsibility as a member of the players association, you gotta, you gotta go to do the vote, at least talk to say, the leadership and figure out what's in the paperwork. And you know what I mean? Like, no doubt. But I think 
the thing that's always going to be conflicting and the reason that the NFL is always going to be in the position of power is yes, they have a responsibility. They have a responsibility to the players association, but they also have a responsibility to their family. They don't want to miss games. You're right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent lifestyle where, and we can't be And when we talk about this, we're not only talking about the quarterbacks who are making a hundred million dollars. There's a lot of $500,000 guys that, 495 is the uh, league minimum. Exactly, the for minimum. The, the floor yeah. on the NFL contracts is insane. So there's a lot of guys who, they need that check. They're not trying to miss a game check, bro. Yeah, and that's what I'm so, saying is that yeah. asking anybody in any situation, hey, sacrifice your entire career because it might only be two years so we can get fully guaranteed contracts in the future. It's like, yeah. no. Like, just ask the next guy. Like, I'm not yeah, doing exactly. that. Which I totally yeah. understand, but... <clears throat> there is no but. I totally understand. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, How about that's I say, you totally it. understand. It's just like the NFL. The NFL understands that, and they're obviously abusing that. They're abusing like, yeah. That like if someone came situation. to me and said, "Hey, you know, I need you to do this. I need you to go to work, but I need you to do it for free for the next little while, so we can get like guaranteed wage instead of being yeah. tipped." I'd be like, "No, <laughs> I make a lot more money on tips than I do hourly." Like, oh, let's just stick with this. I'm good. So, yeah. Speaking of what we should stick with and what we should not stick with. Woo. Healthy adult gonna, conversations and then back dude, to ridiculousness. We're going to do a little draft talk. My favorite thing to do all year long. I love doing the draft. Big question of the draft for this week. We're going to do a big question pertaining to the draft every single week until the draft. You're going to need to write the going big forward. Big question. Go, oh, well, I always throw something in the draft, so okay. we'll, just, we'll play off that. Big question right. going into April 29th. First round, number five, Cincinnati Bungles are on the clock. Mm. Joe, who do you got yeah. on taking? Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase? Mm. For those this is listening, what Kyle Pitts not there. This is what Kyle Pitts on there. For those listening, Penny Sewell is the number one tackle out of Oregon. Jamar Chase is the prototypical wide receiver. Not necessarily the number one wide receiver out yeah, of LSU. He is definitely Except rated the highest. Last year, but he's definitely going to be the number he's one receiver. He's rated the, the highest. Um, I'm saying the top four picks are all quarterbacks like we talked about last week. So I'm saying. Well, I'm going off of. The reason I put this in here is because I'm going, I looked at Mel's big board. I never yeah. do it ever. Mel Kuyper. Love Mel Kuyper. Now I feel like I have Fan a responsibility because I do a sports show. So I looked at Mel's big board. And you just like saying had, Mel's big board. Mel's big board. Um, you got to say it with some bit of gravitas. Um, he had Kyle Pitts actually going, going fourth. fourth. He had I know, Falcons I know. skipping on a quarterback. And I was interested to see where Penne Sewell was going to be. And I kept scrolling and I kept scrolling. And I kept scrolling, and he fell all the way down to number thirteen to link up with his uh, his college teammate Justin Herbert and the San Diego Chargers. Um, and if he, had he Jamar fell that Chase. far, that would be astounding. That would be insane. And he had Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, matching up with his college teammate and uh, Joe Joseph Burrow. Burrow. And I immediately thought, huh? Joe Burrow didn't have a problem throwing the ball last year. Uh, he had a problem staying up. Yes, he did. So much yes, so that one time his leg got bent and he had to leave the game and he never came back. Yeah. So that I think Penny Sewell right should yeah. go to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati's <laughs> have to take Penny Sewell. <laughs> I understand the draw and I've had at least three or four walk-offs about this. I get, I get it. Save your tweets. Don't at me, bro. I understand you want the flashy Ferrari, but it's not going to fucking help you if the guy driving it is Brandon Allen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. You know what you need to keep that Ferrari to keep the good driver in the Ferrari? You need to keep it safe. You need to keep it in a well-protected garage. You know who that garage is? Penne Sewell, baby. Penne Sewell. They have to Thank take Sewell. They, they gotta to. take Sewell. They gotta take Sewell. You you draft Sewell, your left side is fine for the next 10 years minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Look at all those huge... Oh my God, they have to. So I've, I, what I've got is I've got uh, Trevor Lawrence. Do you I've have got, a big board? I've got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. <laughs> oh, 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 do you have a big board? 
No, I don't have like an actual. Oh, I was about to say, if you had a big board, we need to start releasing. That would be fun, but that's board. a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Well, you can do what um, most reporters do at this point is just look at Mel and yeah, uh, look at Mel and Todd and like kind of figure out what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird because I I love Todd McShay. Uh, I've been following hot, him Todd 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 for a long time. Um, and it's so bizarre because I just read a lot of his stuff and I just look at his board and I listen to their podcasts and everything. I won't mention it cause we don't talk about other podcasts, Thank but you. whenever I watch the NFL network, like on draft day, and then they have their guys mock draft scrolling. I'm like, these guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> they don't match up with Todd at all. They're morons. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I'm just going off of one guy's opinion. Yeah. You're just looking at one guy. Uh, all right. Speaking of one. We've got three, baby, talking NHL. Drop the puck. Drop the puck because you know who's at the top of the table. All of us. Do you know who's at the top, though? All of us. Number one. Number one with a win after beating the Columbus Blue Jackets. And after you fell to the uh, 5-1 to the terrible, god Oh, my God. That was a terrible game. Detroit Wed Wings. I can't say wings. The Wed Wings. (laughs) That was a terrible, (laughs) terrible loss. That was insane. In a blink of an eye, I clicked on ESPN.com. I looked at, I think the game had just started off. I go back and look. It's 1-0. I'm like, oh, like. They get a little bit of trouble. Ooh, they'll figure their way out of this. I like turn around to get a drink of water. I look back. It's three one. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" I told you a couple <laughs> weeks ago in that Dallas Stars game. It was literally three to one in the like four minutes left in the third period, and Dallas came back, tied it up, and we had to win it in fucking a shootout. Yeah. Um, yes. No. My Florida Panthers right now sit atop. Uh, Greg's going to tell you about. Uh, we've played like one or two more games than his Avalanche, and one more game than Brennan's Lightning. Whatever. Um, but we're atop of the leaderboard right now with fifty six points. Um, and this is on. This is riding a, I believe, a six game winning streak. Um, that happened in the middle uh, on game two. Uh, we lost Aaron Eckblatt, who is a great part of our team who helped us win a heroic comeback the night before after having a goal disallowed scoring a goal with like three seconds left to win a game in overtime um the next night he goes down uh but in this run we got barky back and uh we look good uh the goalies have been playing out of their mind both of them Bobrovsky and treater so um yeah super excited for the panthers and the rest of this season Brennan? Greg, uh, oh. Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, Joe. Your Florida <laughs> Panthers do have 56 points, but the Avalanche, the Capitals, and the Lightning are at 54. And yeah. the, Avs, mm-hmm. the Avs have two games, and I mean, they got two games to catch that. So I assume yeah. when they get to game number 39, they'll have like 58 points, but we'll see. Yeah, man, man. <laughs> yes, yes, but yes. it's pretty exciting. Avalanche are hot right now as well, just like the Panthers, 8 0 2 in the last 10. And uh, they finally had a backup goalie play well Friday night. So they swept oh, wow. St. Louis in a back to back Friday and Saturday. With, they scored with 40 seconds left last night to get the win, so they didn't have to go to overtime. But, uh, yeah, they're playing very well. It's great defensively, great goaltending, great scoring. Just stay healthy, man. That's all you got to do. Got to stay healthy. Got to yeah, stay healthy. I, th- I think it's all because we started this podcast. All of our teams were not top of the league before this. Now, you guys will... I'm pretty sure you're quick to point out that your teams were, but mine wasn't. So because of the podcast, mm-hmm. my team is now top of the league. <laughs> that's the only thing that's changed in a year. It's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, just real quick on the lightning. We'll get it back. We'll, we'll, we'll get it back. Yeah, we'll that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Point right. is playing you just got to make the playoffs, man. You just have to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all we're doing. That's why I've said uh, all of our teams are going to be top four in our divisions. Obviously, I yeah, don't see us falling on three at this point. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's fun. It's been watching good hockey. That's always fun and good to Great say. Hockey, never, yeah. Don't say it a lot in Sunrise, Florida, Broward County, BB&T Center. I hope it's still the BB&T Center. What but, up? Uh, Shouts out, Gun say Club, it this Palm year. Beach, baby. But Brennan, yes. Speaking of in Canada. Go ahead. This is all you. You know, you're so 
For those of you listening, we're going to tell, <laughs> I know we normally only do the round robin when it comes to hockey, but Joe, our resident uh, COVID uh, specialist reporter, um, uh, what, COVID what, what's instigator, the- COVID riler upper, Riler COVID. Upper. It's it's all fake, Joe. It's a conspiracy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got my kidding. shot the other day, but it ain't fake to me. I'm kidding. That was a joke. I'm a comedian sometimes. Joe, tell us what happened in Canada to the Canucks. The Canadians, by the way, who wouldn't even let us in to their country because they were taking COVID so much more seriously. Go ahead. Break it down. It's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Um, The country that was shitting on us for so long. This is going to sound real insensitive but the country that was shitting on us for so long now one of their teams has an outbreak where half of the team has contracted covid suck it canada and their country is now jealous at the rate in which we are distributing the vaccine because they're lagging behind and i just wanted to say you know what america does good sometimes amen brother Interesting fact about this Vancouver thing is they all have the South African variant of the virus. It was in South Africa. That's the wild thing. Yeah, they're not letting anybody in. It's interesting. But uh, yeah, that is 20 20 plus people in the organization and their families are getting it and they're having symptoms. Oh, well, it's bad. Okay. These guys are getting sick. I didn't know about. Hope everybody's good. Yeah, I say a lot of this stuff in jest. I really don't want ill will on anybody, but also we were right. You were wrong. Suck it. Um, All right, moving on. (laughs) You wouldn't allow the Tampa Bay Jays. Tampa Bay? The tip, well, the Tampa Bay Raptors and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays to go. Hey, back home, I bet so. I, I guarantee you the fucking Tampa Bay Raptors right now are happy they're in Tampa Bay. Oh, that is a fact, old. Um, but yes, moving on. Moving on, March Madness. It is over for the women. Joe's going to touch on that because Joe is our resident female correspondent. Joe, take it away. I'm a COVID correspondent and a female correspondent. You know what? I like my jobs. Um, So, Brennan, I believe it was Saturday. Nope. Nope. I'm losing all track of days. Friday, the women's final four began. South Carolina, who I've been rooting for since the game started, played off number one overall, Stanford, and the Gamecocks. Went down on a last second miss. Uh, missed a bunny. Gamecocks lost one point game. Stanford moved on. Then we had UConn versus the upstart Arizona. This is um, this was an interesting game because just from what little I know about women's basketball and the NCAA, I just assumed UConn would roll this game. Everyone thinks that because everyone stopped paying attention it feels like five six years ago UConn hasn't won in the last five six years pretty much yeah, since Brianna Stewart graduated they Notre have Dame, not won since South Carolina Dame, Baylor uh, Mississippi State beat them but I think they lost in the final South Carolina has won one um, I don't know if Baylor's won one since in that five six year span but I can tell you what the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 it is referred to now. I'm 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 a dog with a bone with this. I'm never going to call them the Pac-12. Um, so the Pac-10 hasn't won since like '92, which is before my birth. Is that correct? Oh, I got to double check that. It's '92. That is insane. I'm gonna check that as I keep talking. The Pac-10 hasn't won in forever. Yep, '92. Wow. Uh, and they had two opportunities today because it was Arizona versus Stanford, Brennan. Hotly contested game, close game the whole time. The lead score for Arizona was in a bit of a funk. She was getting pressured basically as soon as she got the ball over half court. But Arizona, a defensive-minded team, was playing full-court pressure essentially uh, on the inbound. So it was a low-scoring game. I just game. want to – I don't mean to interrupt you, but Go I do want to uh, rub this in your face about how right I was. Baylor won in 2019. 19. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you got me. I did. Um, Kim Mulkey. Did. Yeah, she got me. Um, South Carolina, Notre Dame, Baylor, canceled Stanford. And before that, it was UConn, 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 Baylor. Yeah, UConn for like a 10 year run. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Uh, so yeah, the game 
uh, Stanford kept pulling away and the cameras kept cutting to Russell Wilson because it's such a place for Stanford. Um, but Arizona kept pesky defense sticking around, coming back. And it came down to two final possessions, essentially, where uh, Aria, I think her name is, Ar- oh, let me double check it before I get it wrong. Ronde. What? Ariane, Ariane McDonald. Oh, I thought it was Ariana Grande. No. <laughs> Ariane McDonald, uh, she made two free throws. Team goes down one. Stanford gets the ball. In a split, they have 30 seconds on the shot clock. There's a six second differential. Uh, they told the ball pretty much till the end of the shot clock. They start the offense and they just throw the ball away. Ball goes out of bounds. So now Arizona has a chance to win the game. They inbound the ball. Ariana Will McDonald is getting he won you almost made me say grande. Uh Ariana McDonald is getting effectively triple team, quadruple team if you look at it from one camera angle. And obviously when she went in the huddle, the team said, This is your shot. You're our leader. You're our rock. This is your shot. Because there was one also, there was one girl in the right corner. If she were to cut in. McDonald could have made a pass and they could have got an easy bucket to potentially win the game. But McDonald getting triple team turns around, heaves up a shot effectively, hits the back of the backboard, but rims out. Stanford goes on to win game set match match, baby. Now, great game, great game, great tournament. Very fun to watch. Yeah, it was it was exciting. Uh, Not as exciting as what happened this past few days in the men's tournament only because of uh, one exciting moment (laughs) but it was the most exciting Gonzaga winning their game on a last ditch it was very exciting but if you missed it it would still been a tied game okay so let me let me (laughs) let me paint the picture here because Joe's just kind of saying that last second three in overtime from half court it was it, it was not from half court. It was, hey, it was well beyond half court. I mean, it was almost half court. But anyway, Gonzaga <laughs> wins. So Gonzaga will go on to play Baylor. This is going to be an interesting game because uh, Gonzaga has the upperclassmen. They do have that one phenomenal freshman that did make the shot, but yep. they have upperclassmen. Yep. Who, fun fact, is related to Terrell Suggs and Eddie Jones. You know, whenever anybody brings up Terrell Suggs, I just I think of you him. Eddie Jones. <laughs> no, I just think of him in that the show Ballers. Oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's just like fucking everybody, like in different rooms and stuff. And I'm like, that's Wait, that, that's Terrell Suggs. That's <laughs> got to be Terrell Suggs. Uh, oh, I've played. I've played with guys like that. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's constantly getting into fights. <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that, that other too. Scene. Yeah, yeah, but and every scene, like you, you'd open a door and you're like Terrell. Scene. I don't think I think you're anyway mischaracterizing his character. <laughs> I don't know. So Baylor's got the better defense, but Gonzaga has the more experienced team. I'm leaning towards Baylor because I like an underdog. Gonzaga's actually predicted to win, not by much, but. Why did you make that face, Joe? I'm just because I thought you're. I swore last week you said you thought Gonzaga was going to win and you wanted Gonzaga to win. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. The undefeated thing would be really cool. Um, no, I. I think I do kind of want Gonzaga to win, but I don't know. I just now looking at it on paper where everyone's like Gonzaga's going to do it. I'm kind of like you know me. I'm like mm. uh, Brandon's. He Brandon is such the zigger to zag. Get it? Zigger to yeah, the zags. I got, I got, it. I got it. I'm not a comedian, but you know what? I, I so I um also I'm kind of resentful that you everyone's probably going to assume I'm going to take Gonzaga because it's a team full of white kids. So I'm going to go is not white. No, but <laughs> and I don't appreciate the fact that uh, Tyler. God, what is his name? Tyler. Uh, Timmy. Timmy. Whatever. Timmy. Yeah, yeah. How he had that fucking badass porn star mustache and then grew out the rest of his beard. <laughs> Like, come on, bro. <laughs> Stick with the mustache. Okay. You got? Well, I want Baylor to win. Um, I am, as I said last week, I don't want the Zags to win. If you want to ask me why, I'll tell you why. Why don't you want the Zags to win, Joe? I don't want the Zags to win, Brennan, because it just doesn't feel right. No, I agree now, with you. Now, if they would have won a couple years ago... It would have felt right. They they 
went through the season, they would have won it. Everything would have been normal. But this year, them being undefeated to then become the only undefeated team since like 75, 76, Indiana, it just doesn't feel correct. I agree with you because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who didn't even realize they were undefeated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and then I, I'm really just going to be annoyed by, is this the best college basketball team? No. 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 This team is nothing compared to that Kentucky team a couple years ago. This team is nothing compared to the, the Wichita State team a couple years ago with Fred Van Vliet and Ron Baker. Like, I don't think this oh, team is that good at all. Huge shout out, Ron Baker. I don't think this team is half as good as those teams. I think this team has, um, now they've played well. They've played who's in front of them. I'm, I'm not going to begrudge them or anything, but it's just like, if the conversation comes up like, oh, this is the best team, says blah, blah. No, it's not. It's not. We've seen better teams. We've seen teams that had more NBA talent. Think of those Kentucky, that Kentucky team that actually won with Anthony Davis, Terrence Jones, Brandon Knight. Like, those are names that we're going to remember forever. You just forgot Timmons' name. You called him Tyler White, for goodness gracious. <laughs> so, I, 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 whoever wins, I'll be happy for the kids, but... I just hope that the media settles their settles down right after. Greg, yeah. you got something to add? I just wanted to mention that in the official cheers from the press box bracket I submitted, I had Gonzaga <laughs> and Baylor meeting in the final with he Baylor did. taking it all. So I'm still alive. And yeah, I'm very I looked proud at this earlier. Me and my brother were talking about looking at that earlier. You and Kyle are still alive, uh, but you have the most points to win. So Yeah, but... It depends who wins. Yeah, well, it, it wins, depends. Wins. Obviously, Baylor wins. Well, yeah, this so. is riveting so. bracket talk. Well, yes, sir. People should have joined our bracket. Well, what about your well, bracket, Brennan? I'm also just angry because I was out in the first weekend. <laughs> oh, you were the first weekend. I was the first weekend too, but at least I wasn't the first like day of games. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was pretty much no, no, I wasn't really like I just like Ohio State lost. Um, Who did you pick to win it all? I picked Illinois. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So second game. Yeah. Second game. So, yeah. All right. We are going to that's going to wrap it up for the kickoff portion. We're going to move to the quick hits. Quick hits. Quick. Surprise. How quick. Quick. Name it. Quick hits. Hits. Quick hits. First quick hit. Joe and I are going to discuss Major League Baseball moving the All-Star game out of Joe's home city of Atlanta, Bigotry, Georgia. Current city? Uh, Your current city. I'm sorry. Yes. Joe, you are the resident. You you also live in a very bigoted state. No, I don't. We actually voted blue in Duval County. You, on the other Mm -hmm. hand, live in a state where they're blue. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's true. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go by Cali. Let's talk about how Georgia is... No, we don't want to get into that. Quick hits, quick hits. Uh, Um, I agree that Major League Baseball should move this game. I don't think it's over uh, overreacting at all. I think in the United States of America, as a fucking citizen, you should be able to walk up and vote without any kind of prerequisite. It's a fucking right. That's the most political I'm going to get on this show. Joe, what's your opinion? (laughs) Um, I'm very. I gotta say, I'm I'm shocked and relieved and happy by this decision by Major League Baseball. Uh, literally the day before the announcement came, I was listening to the Dan Lebertard show drink, um, and former team president David Sampson, who makes his weekly appearance, was saying that MLB is not going to do this because too much of a logistical nightmare. Uh, they they have to book another city stadium. They have to book hotels, convention centers, and the whole time he was saying that, I was like. Well, I don't think many convention centers are booked right now due to the pandemic. I don't think many hotels are booked right now due to the pandemic. I That's think, a really good point. That's a I very was, I good point. I think this gives them the most flexibility to do Absolutely. this. So the if next this day when it was two years ago, they wouldn't have moved it. I don't think they'd move it. No, if this happens next year, I don't think they move it. But because right now there is such flexibility, I think it's the easiest time to move it actually. So this is in one instance for the MLB where the pandemic has been advantageous because they can make a stand with the least minimal, um, financial, uh, loss. Um, yeah, it was, I, it I'm sucks. stoked. 
it sucks for the city of Atlanta, um, especially because we also lost last year. Uh, the NCAA Final Four was supposed to be in Atlanta, so that's now two events in back to back years we've lost. Um, yeah, but, but one no. was due to COVID. One was due to exactly, and we're gonna get the NCAA tournament back, and we're gonna get the All Star game back eventually. But it's good when um, the sport league makes. I mean, they fuck up so often, like in terms of their players, but when they make a stand for the people of this country going back to the NFL, not going to Arizona for Martin Luther King Day when Arizona wouldn't recognize it as a state. Um, a couple of years ago when the NBA moved the All-Star game out of uh, North Carolina because the bathroom bill um, and best believe they wanted to go celebrate Michael Jordan in Charlotte. Like what the heck? Like that was a big move by the NBA. So uh, going then MLB this Curry's a lot of favor with the fans of MLB, um, possibly the players. Atlanta's a city is probably obviously the governor's mad, but I think a lot of the citizens are happy that they're taking this action um, as well as a couple other big companies. So, Brennan. Yeah. This is a weird transition. The Masters. Yeah. Speaking of, never mind. That was going to be a really <laughs> bad joke. Uh, the Masters in Augusta, Georgia. Speaking of speaking Georgia, of the there South. we go. <laughs> Speaking of the South, Masters preview, quick hits. This is going to be quick. So we are going to do a full breakdown of the Masters next week when I will talk to my inside golf source and we'll get you the full breakdown. But right now, I just want to say Dustin Johnson is the favorite to win at nine to one odds. Justin Thomas is coming off um, winning his first ever uh, players championship that he lost last week. So a lot of people are thinking he's going to be fired up to go. And then Jordan Spieth just won this past weekend and it is the first one he's had since 2017. So wow. those are your top three. As far as the odds, Bryson DeChambeau is always going to be in it. I'm super excited. Where's John Rahm in there. John Rahm is going to be 12 to one right underneath Spieth and DeChambeau. Then mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy comes in at 14 to one. Those are your top five. Do we think any of the top top five are actually going to win it? Um, I actually think uh, uh, Justin Thomas has a really good shot. Uh, Yeah, but I wouldn't take it for the odds. 10 to one. That's not enough value. Uh, Brooks Kepka, 25 to one would be pretty cool. Um, Tony Fanu, 33 to one. That's everything I'm seeing right now. I don't see the odds. That's what I said. (laughs) You said Fanu. Fanu. Sorry, that's an inside joke with my uncle and I, and I forgot that it's, I actually forgot how to legitimately pronounce it because I've been saying it wrong. I'm like, wait a second. I know um, this guy. I really like uh, Jason Day only because when I watched him at TPC a few years ago, every time he hits the ball instead of yelling four, he goes, oi, oi, because he's uh, Australian. <laughs> um, I'm kind of rooting for John Rom because people, he, people were going to be nervous because uh, he was having a child born around this time and it could have been born next weekend, but his wife had the baby this weekend. So what a be, bit. He, I'm kidding. That was a joke. He'll be clear. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm bleeping now. He'll be clear headed. I'm not clipping that, Brandon. This is all on you. Uh, he'll be clear headed. I didn't even say the word. Get, I literally uh, cut hey, myself hey, short. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, look, I'm, I'm as a as the women reporter. I'm here to uh, out the you. Correspondent. Uh, <laughs> correspondent. Damn it. That was the word I was looking for. Um, but yeah, no. I, I'm I'm looking for him to be clear eyed. Um, I'd be I'd be uh, interested to see how Spieth does because this is the back that's the great thing about the masters it's always the same course so he's back at the scene of the crime where essentially he fell off yeah uh, and we've talked about this a few times now where he yeah. where has he been we, uh since well, i think it was since 2017 2017 uh, the 12th hole where he dropped it in the drink i believe twice on i think it was saturday um yeah he's he's all the steam that he built up as being the next great American golfer and whatnot has dissipated. Uh, he's yeah, been, we didn't hear from him until last weekend. Yeah, he's been non-existent. Sometimes he'll build a lead or get to the top uh, Monday and Monday Tuesday Tuesday Thursday Friday, and then by Saturday he's fallen off a cliff and he's nowhere to speak of. So I, I'm gonna be interested to watch him. Um, I'm also interested if they do anything about Tiger, since Tiger probably would obviously would have been there, but it's not yeah. gonna be there because of his car accident. Uh, just real quick, um, before we get to the last on the quick hits, this just came through. Joe's Denver Nuggets one nineteen, my Orlando Magic one oh nine. 
Yes, we won the game. Oh my! At one point, that game was like so lopsided. Yeah, I was like, "What is that?" We were down like fifteen points at one time. I was like, "What is?" We happening? came back and won it by ten. Moving on, quick hits. <laughs> Joe, benches have cleared. Baseball is back, baby. Let's talk Baseball about the fight. Baseball is back. Uh, day two of the MLB season. I think it was day two or day three. I think it was yesterday. So day three of the MLB season coming back. There was a bench clearing. Shoving match, not a brawl. It's never a brawl. A bench clearing shoving match uh, between the Reds and the Cards. Uh, Nick Castellano was got hit by a pitch early. In yeah, that he seemed at- upset about it. Yeah, he got hit by a pitch in his at bat. So he rounds the bases. He gets to third. There's a wild pitch, and he comes in home, and the pitcher uncoordinated is all get out. Dives at home plate to try to tag him out, but ends up with his knee in Castellano's back. And Castellano gets up and he lets him know that he's not having any of that. Gives him a nice little fiery uh, uh, scream right into his face. And then, no, some people don't like that. So, bench is clear, Brennan. Bench is clear. Brawls happen. Bench is clear. Or shoving matches happen. Shoving matches happen. Real quick, now that we're talking about the baseball season, I just thought it was, never mind. It's a stupid story. I'm not going to tell it. Anyway. No, tell it. No, it's really dumb. I'll tell you after we get off air. I don't want to put it on the, <laughs> I told right. Greg earlier, uh, it was just, oh, it's a you? dumb relationship thing. Uh, uh, okay. Anyway, um, Greg goes, yeah, I it is dumb. Say, as the COVID correspondent, I have to say that the Nats, the first game of the season, the first game's postponed due to COVID. Nats, uh, Mets, uh, really hurts my fantasy team because Frankie Lindor missed three games for me just now. Um, so yeah, that's happening because the Mets, the Nats had another outbreak like they did at the start of last season. Um, my Marlins lost the weekend series to our insane. What are you, are you recapping everything right now? I'm just, I just wanted to bring up the Marlins because we okay. did look damn good in the last two, in all three games, honestly. We looked damn good. Well, we're going to have to start putting this in kickoff. Uh, <laughs> it's not enough for the whole kickoff. I just wanted to get on a little quicker. Uh, the Blue Jays did ble- beat the Nets, Funkatunk. Good job. Uh, the Nets? I really like the, the Yankees. The Blue Jays beat the Yankees. <laughs> um, uh, you are all over. Well, Funky Tuck just popped in. This is why you got to come to the Twitch, folks. You say something, I might say it on the air. All right. Now, Greg, take us to the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Beautiful. Um, Everyone can find me. I do comedy. Um, Brandon T. Yes, I do. BrennanTComedy.com. Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. We got shows in Brantford, Gainesville, uh, Orlando, Jacksonville, all in the next couple weeks. Check out the website for the dates. You can also check out my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Had a good buddy of mine, Aaron Eads, on this week. Tells a story about getting high with Michael Jordan's son, the goat's son. So listen back to uh, that show if you want to hear that hilarious story. Anyway, that's it for me. Joe, take it away. Hey, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at uh, at Joe Dorville. Um, You can check out the Twitter and Instagram of this podcast at Cheering Press. Um, you can check out my hip hop album TV by headphone Joe. No O, no E in the phone. And I've released the, I've said, uh, announced the release date of go. TV season two. Uh, it's going to be April 23rd. That's in a couple of Fridays from now. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Um, so yeah, Greg. Everything you need to know about a new low, you can find at a new low.co. That's where it's at. Beautiful. Well, Brennan, take us up. This is why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You shout out Mark Brunel coming into the restaurant this weekend. Hooking it up. Shout out. Number eight. Big number eight.
You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.